Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. We're on to episode 12, uh, joined again by uh, Manny and Mike. Today we will cover many things, including freezing in Ostertunder, or whatever it's called, um, the League Cup final, and we've got quite a lot of stuff to talk about in our Gooner debate, prediction leagues, and much, much more. Enjoy the show, people. Oh, lads, how are we? Afternoon, Mike. Evening, Manny. Greetings. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well. How about you guys? Yeah, very well. Very well. Um, first things first, we need to know where we're recording this to know the volume levels that we're going to get from our um, our esteemed uh, guest in Manny. Uh, Manny, are you at work <laughs> or are you at home? I'm at home today. I'm at home. I'm at home so I can <laughs> shout, I can scream, I can... And I feel better as well today. I hope you can hear it in my voice. I feel 100% again. So yeah, all good. I did have, uh, I've had lots of feedback on messages. I, I, I reached out to quite a number of people from different uh, Facebook groups and so on and asked, asked them to listen back. And in the main, uh, your voice does get commented on. Uh, but in the last one, I think somebody said, oh, Christ, he needs to cheer up. I did have to say, he was full of man flu. And she didn't understand, but like, you know, did say she was one of man, full of man flu. Um, you need to explain why we're referring to, if you're at work or at home, episode 10. <laughs> okay, so I was recording episode 10 at work. So I was in the hot desk area where it's usually pretty quiet. So I thought, you know, it's about 5.30, 6 o'clock, everyone's gone home. So I'm a little bit loud and I'm cussing a little bit. And a woman comes around the corner and she goes, you need to be mindful of your language. And I mean, at first I didn't really hear her. So I had to take off my headset and she said it again. All I could do was just put my thumbs up and put my headset back on. I couldn't really reply to her. I wanted to, but yeah. So recording at work is a no-no because there seems to be somebody around even at seven o'clock in the evening. It's ridiculous. Did you explain to her what you were doing? No, (laughs) no, no, I didn't. I didn't. She didn't ask. I didn't say anything. She just done what she needed to do and she went off it was ridiculous have you run into her at work since i saw her today funnily enough (laughs) (laughs) i saw her today i held the door open for her because i'm nice like that no 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 no. nothing like that nothing like that there was way too many people around i couldn't cuss i couldn't you know what i mean there you go (laughs) good job man well done thank you thank you no worries. We've had some a few questions last week. We got a couple of questions this week to go through, which we'll go through at the end. As I said, what we're going to do, we're going to cover the the uh, game in Sweden, and we'll talk about the League Cup final. And then there's, there's been loads. Jesus, it just seems like everything has been either Hector Bellerin, Josh Kroenke. We got VAR. You got Aguero last night. How much did you laugh? <laughs> a little bit. But not too much to laugh about being an Arsenal supporter. It doesn't matter. City, right? Only, the only only bad thing about City being out means that um, uh, Tottenham, Chelsea and Man United have less in their way to pick up a trophy. Well, of those three, obviously, which it's got to be Leicester all the way. We've got to be Leicester fans or Rochdale fans for the replay. Yeah, I haven't 
I haven't picked anyone yet, but anyone but Spuds. <laughs> we talked about Spuds. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want Sp- them to win Spurs, anything. Spurs, gum. <laughs> right. Prediction League. Where are we? Nothing's changed. I mean, there wasn't a Premier League match since we last spoke, so we're still at... Nine points, seven points, and two points. Yeah, Fergus just likes to talk about this part because he's in first place right now. When we Yeah, it just says FK is still ahead. When we pass him, Manny, and he's in last place hanging out by himself, he won't even want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let him have his moment. Let him have his moment. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you guys. (laughs) So for the European League, uh, Europa League game, which doesn't count, we did predict a victory, so it wouldn't change to anyone. I got closest with the right number of goals for the Arsenal, but I I wasn't confident and I thought we'd concede uh, at least one, which we nearly did in the 90th minute. I thought, oh shit, that would have been perfect. And then I realised that that it didn't uh, didn't count. So you both predicted 2-1, I predicted 3-1. Yeah, hats off to you for guessing three goals. (laughs) So my thoughts on Oosterstund the fans were frozen into silence how quiet were the fans Jesus yeah it was I mean it was I mean I wasn't there but judging by the the temperature that they reported I can't imagine it was very pleasant to uh, have been sitting there to watch the game the Swedes were saying that it was um, actually a balmy day because it was only down to minus five and I think minus nine with the wind chill the week before was minus 25. I thought it was colder than that. I thought I saw minus 21, but I could be wrong. That was correct. The week before, it was minus 21. But uh, on the night of the game, I believe the temperature was... Uh, my, uh, I've got it written down somewhere. Yeah, minus 5. Um, if it was under minus 15, uh, the game could actually be called off. So you'd... Um, Graham Potter uh, was a manager, an English guy who's gone out there and uh, chanced his arm. He's uh, an English chap. He's got them three promotions in five years from the fourth tier. And to get to beat, uh, to get to get to playoffs, they had to beat Galatasaray two 0 and one one. So you know they've done quite well. Um, they were established in 1996, three weeks after Arsene Wenger became manager of uh, Arsenal. Uh, we had a few listeners and uh, forum members, Reese. Uh, um, traveled out to uh, out to Sweden um, it, big lake there's a big lake nearby um, you'd probably be more familiar with this sort of stuff um, Mike but there's like up in Canada and stuff like that they probably get it um, but cars and trucks drive over this and it's the closest town to the Arctic Circle in Sweden it's only two miles um, from the Arctic Circle some interesting and useless facts for you yeah, we have uh, frozen lakes and rivers here that people play ice hockey on in the winter. Uh, towns will normally go out and measure the thickness of the ice to put a sign basically saying this is safe to be on or it's not safe to be on. Um, and just to add a couple of facts before Manny jumps in and shares his thoughts, uh, that was the first time we had won the away leg in a knockout stage of a European competition since... 2014, March. Yep. <laughs> and, and saved a penalty. It's the first time we saved a penalty in open play since March 2014th, which was Fabianski was in goal. And that was the first time we had won the first leg in a knockout phase of a European competition since... Can anyone guess? First time, first leg. Cool, no. No. Any guesses? 
2011 against Jesus Barcelona Christ. at home. Oh, was that that game? <laughs> when Arshavin scored. Yeah. Oh, that, that was a great game. That was, that, was, that was... And my last fact here. That was Osterson's first home defeat in the Europe. Europa League this year um, their previous six games they had won five and drawn one at home so Arsenal hands wow. on their first first defeat you know what I, I, it was a good thing that I was on mute because when you said minus 25 I allowed just a little scream because that to me is no I, I can't imagine, you know, how the fans must have felt because apparently if people were watching Arsenal fan TV afterwards, the, they're not allowed to apparently. Oh, whatever. Um, the, the, um, the stewards, the Austin stewards, um, obviously they were clearing the snow out of the stands and stuff apart from the away end. So the away supporters had to stand on ice for however long they were out there for. I feel sorry for them, but kudos to them for going out there and supporting the team. And who said that Arsenal not well supported? And £18 a pint, more importantly. Oh! <laughs> See, now that would have driven you crazy. Yeah, that's why I didn't go. <laughs> I didn't even ask for a gate pass because I thought, Jesus, I'd have need to take a second mortgage. <laughs> so what did you make of the lineups? Um, It was to be expected. I was happy to see um, Maitland out um, in the middle. Um, Chambers was a surprise um, for me, to be honest. <laughs> Um, How did you think he played? I thought he did all right. I thought he did okay. Nothing too spectacular. But as a, as a centre half, you don't want him to do anything spectacular. No, no major fuck ups. But no, you, know, you, you just want him to do a job. To, to be honest, when you're a defender, the less I hear your name, the better it is. Especially Arsenal defenders. So he, he did okay um, compared to Mustafi, who I thought was a bit sloppy as usual these days but there you go we, we, we've talked about Mustafi well in the past he'll either give you uh, 1 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 Mike what did you make of the lineup? Uh, didn't surprise me I, I was pleasantly surprised to see I guess it didn't surprise me in a sense of the selection I was pleasantly surprised to see Maitland Niles playing in the midfield finally and not playing out of position um, in terms of Chambers he didn't again he wasn't too um I guess chaotic or, or lethargic as I as he seems to be at times for me. He did make I did make one note uh, from him in the 28th minute when that Ostersund's player had that shot from the top of the box uh, when the ball was bouncing that Ospina knocked over for a corner kick, which is probably his toughest save in the match. Um, Chambers gave that ball away very cheaply um, down the right hand side. He made a super lazy pass to Bellerin who was about six feet away from him and the ball didn't make it there uh, and the guy took it away and, and played that cross and it ended up resulting in that shot that Ospina saved but apart from that uh, I don't I don't think he was terrible um, but I still am not a fan of his <laughs> and who do, who do you think uh, performed well in the first half like we had the first 20 minutes um, we dominated the game uh, we were on a group message um, uh, and we said like you know it was literally like Barcelona versus Leighton Orient it, it was they sat back so deep on us and and took on so much pressure uh, they gave us way too much respect um, the pitch seemed to play in our favour because we were playing in small triangles uh, they weren't put us any, under any pressure at all um, with the exception of uh, Mustafi in the, uh, on the six minutes, what did you make of that tackle? How we got a throw in from it and uh, how we didn't get a red card in my view uh, The referee was poor 
Jeffrey was pulled to Minnesota that talk off. Oh, great, here we go. But um, we go away with one, um, with that one, seriously. And uh, to answer your question, was my best performer in that period. I'd say um, Mkhitaryan for me stood out. Um, Ozil was the entirety. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say those two um, stood out for me first off. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to go with Mkhitaryan as well. I thought he played well. I think he was actually voted man of the match, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's, he seemed to be involved more often than not. Uh, he His pressure on the defender led to that first goal or the corner kick. or the Yeah, the corner kick. He pressured the defender and then his shot got blocked off the line almost. And then the ensuing corner kick is what resulted in our first goal. But yeah, I thought I thought he looked good. Um probably better than I would have expected some of the players to perform again, given the elements that they were up against the cold weather, um, the pitch than probably what they would have been used to. Uh, but yeah, overall wasn't too bad. We mentioned that before they, they play on a 4g pitch, um, at, uh, London Colney, the weather, um, yes, it would have been inclement, but because it had warmed up so much, I know it was still bloody freezing. Um, they will play uh, at the Emirates Stadium. I've stood at the Emirates Stadium, and it's minus two, minus three, so it's, it's just going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit colder. I, I, as a fan, I wouldn't want to be standing on ice and so on. Um, Maitland Niles, I actually, I, I, I liked seeing him in his um, correct position. Um, I thought a couple of times he got out muscled a little bit, but his recovery runs and the amount of for the number there. Um, a chap, I think it's called Seven Seven AM Kickoff. He's based in in the US, uh, and he was on um, Arscast, I think, uh, early in the week, and he was giving out some stats. Uh, and uh, his recovery rate was uh, for the amount of balls he actually lost. I think he lost four balls, uh, which he was muscled out of, but he actually recovered sixteen balls, um, which uh, other players lost in, in the process. So I think he did a good game. Uh, I think he needs to muscle up a little bit. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, I think that is, is, is the position he should be playing and not at back. So we're into the second half. Uh, substitutions, and uh, do, do you think much change in the second half? I, I, I know that uh, Ossesund came at us uh, an awful lot more, and the type of woke up after 2-0. Two, two it, it was almost like they went, you know what, fuck it, we've got nothing to lose. Yeah, I thought... I, th- I mean, I didn't think or I didn't expect much change in that second half. I mean, Ostersons, again, like you said, had to kind of come out of their shell and make something out of it. Again, they had nothing to lose. I didn't realize that their last competitive match was in December. So uh, they had been off for nearly two months, basically, and go straight into a Europa League match against Arsenal. Yeah, the, uh, the season doesn't start until March again. Yeah, so uh, probably not ideal situation for them, but unfortunately, given the the weather over there, that's the way it has to be. But um, yeah, I didn't. I think we had some some decent spells. But one thing I did want to touch on was uh, Danny Welbeck, and I I think I saw some article or something on social media stating that he was uh, a little bit nervous. I guess uh, that's not the exact word that he used, but I can't remember what it actually was. But um, in terms of playing on a 4G pitch. Injuries and the pitch was so hard uh, and he, he yeah. felt, it wasn't less committed, but it was somewhere in between nervous and less committed. Yeah, and the thing that I wanted to touch on in regards to that, he actually had a chance um, just before the half, I think it was around the 30th or 33rd minute, uh, somebody laid a yeah. pass off to him on the left-hand side and he just completely skied it over the net. Uh, he, I think he shot for confidence, but I think 
what he's running into is he's trying so hard to score a damn goal that it's actually hurting him and the team more than anything else. I don't know what you guys think about that, but he just seems to... There was a couple of chances in the second half when he could have laid the ball off or played a pass, and he's just he's almost forcing it at this point. I think that was Welbeck and Iwobi, and they just the two of them looked a little bit nervous. Uh, Welbeck shot one over the bar um, at 33 minutes. Welbeck was offside, but it was a good move. He just went a little bit too early on 38 minutes. And Welbeck and Iwobi, um, they just both seemed to be greedy, trying to trying to <laughs> get get the get get the monkey off the back and score a goal uh, but they just didn't they didn't look great up top in my view I'm, I'm not gonna lie half asleep during the second half so everything you're saying right now is news to me I was bored what you know, I was what? bored no, I was bored I fell asleep I I'll fell asleep <laughs> so I was watching the game on my phone on the um, on the BT Sport app so I saw the whole of the first half and between that that 15 minute period at half time yeah I fell asleep I only woke up when I heard that there was a penalty so yeah yeah. There was well, there was, a, there was a penalty shout at 65 minutes as well, because um, they're that Iranian captain, the striker. He he actually looked quite good, and I, and I think some people will be, you know, maybe championship teams or uh, some of the other European teams will be sniffing after him. But there was a penalty shout about for Osasund at 65 minutes, but I think the bloke just fell over. Um, but you didn't wake up till the Bellerin pen- penalty shout. Is that what you say? Yeah, literally, I was asleep the whole. Set- Second half, so I woke up and take a yellow card. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not an admin. Can we? Can you stop saying that? I'm not an admin. All right. Um. Yeah, I fell asleep. He's gonna make you an admin just so he can give you a yellow card. He's not gonna make me an admin. I can give you a yellow card. I, I can give you. Mike, a yellow let me card. tell you this. <laughs> Fergus, the worst mistake he could make is make me an admin. And I think after the battles I had last season with so many people, there is no way he will make me an admin. No way in hell. And I don't want to be one either. You've matured. I may have matured, but I don't want to be an admin. I'm still a polarizing character. You know what I mean? I'll still get into an <laughs> argument with one or two people who irritate the hell out of me. So, no, I can't do yeah, it. As an admin, you have to try and be a little bit objective and you don't like to be. Exactly. I can't be. I can't be. You know that. Yeah. So, no. So, but, but, yeah, back to the game. Yeah, um, yeah, I missed the second and half. Sorry. What do I, there's no point <laughs> asking you, Mike, what do you think of the Bellerin pen- penalty? I think it was sloppy, sloppy defending. I don't know why the hell he makes that challenge. Chambers is standing right there. Uh, if that player controls the ball, he's somewhat going to his left, which is basically away from goal. Chambers is standing right there. I don't know why the hell he even makes that challenge to begin with. Clear penalty, no questions about it. Um, nice save from Ospina, strong hand to not give up a rebound, especially on that hard 4G pitch. It would have been easy to give up a rebound, kind of like the goalie did in the first goal for Arsenal. Uh, but we finally saved the damn penalty. How long yeah, has it again, been? Uh, it was it was March 14, uh, Fabianski versus Munich. Unbelievable. That, that's in open play. Obviously, we've had penalty shootouts and various bits and pieces, but in, in yep. open play, um, that's the first one. We had Fabianski, you know, Flappianski. Flappianski, build my ass, <laughs> build my ass. Um, <laughs> go on. Did you see the guy that the guy that missed or yeah, the Peter, guy that Peter oh, saved this penalty? The goal. <laughs> He's an Arsenal supporter. Yeah, I, the picture's been all over Twitter. He's got it. I've got the picture right here on my, my screen. He's in an Arsenal shirt with an Arsenal uh, flag, uh, Arsenal full scarf, not half and a half scarf, and he's got his little boy uh, all kitted out in the, in the Arsenal kit as well. So the the old conspiracy theories are: oh, he put it straight down the middle because uh, he didn't. He wanted us to be But straight down the middle, most keepers move. So you know, 
Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. My, I had man of the match. You said Mkhitaryan and so on. I actually had um, Nacho, or maybe Ospina for saving. I thought Nacho had a great game as well. So uh, didn't he score a goal at six minutes? Let's, let's have a little thought for Nacho. <laughs> <laughs> he... Um... He's which he's naturally lefty, and his right foot seems to be the foot that he just wants to stand on. Uh, does Nacho actually sound like that? I think I think he sounds a little bit better no, than that. He's called the goat. He um he's been involved in five goals in Arsenal's last six fixtures. So he's got three goals and two assists, which prior to the last six fixtures took him 64 appearances to do. Has he been piss test yet? I don't know, but whatever he's eating or drinking is working. Blimey, yeah. Um, so that's um, that's our trip to uh, the Arctic Circle. Um, and next, we got a, a far better trip, and hopefully with a good outcome. Um, we're off to we're off to Wembley. Uh, well, some of us are anyway. I've got my ticket. Block one three one, row thirty. See you there, everybody. Um, and we're against uh, the very probably sore and pissed off Manchester City. I don't know if that was a good result for us last night or a bad result. Thoughts, guys? Um, I'm. I'd say I'm looking forward to the game, I guess. Um, reason being, it's a cup game and we seem to show up for these games. Um, it's a final. I can, um, in my head, I'm, I'm seeing a resilient, dogged performance from, from us. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's the way I see the game going. I'm being optimistic here. Um, where are you watching it? I'm going to be at home. I'm going to be at home with my brothers watching it. But the off license for half time. You know what? That's that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some beers before the game. Um, I kind of want to get Larry just in case we do win because I kind of want to celebrate something. I guess. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be at home with my brothers. And you're just, you're just a, a short bus ride ride from uh, Highbury. If if we do win, you can go down there and start celebrating. I wish. I wish. You know what? Um, the 2014 FA Cup. Um, final. I was at home watching that while my little brother got a ticket to the game and my older brother was at the Emirates watching it. So obviously when the celebrations happened, I was going crazy at home, you know, by myself. Meanwhile, my brothers were having a great time out in public. Sad. I, I, I was at Wembley. Oh, I hate you. Just shut up. I, actually, I, it was my first uh, it was my second trip to Wembley. My first trip was the Wigan uh, semi-final uh, to the new Wembley. I never made the old Wembley because uh, various reasons. Um, but uh, I went up on my own because um, I could only get a ticket on my own. Um, and uh, I went and found some Irish club beforehand, got chatting with a couple of people, sang some songs and so on. Uh, went saw the final. Um Really good touch. Oh, I had a bruise on my back from when people jumped on me when Aaron Ramsey scored that uh, that winner. Was it, it was Aaron? Was it Aaron Ramsey or Permet Sacker for that one? Really, Re- really? You got to ask. I get, I'm getting confused. I, it was it was Rambo, wasn't it? Would well, you really have to? Uh, no, you, you know that's how you know you're getting old. You know your memory is going. I'm really disappointed as well. You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, I can't remember. Listen, I didn't have too many beers for that one either. Go on, enlighten me. Oh, for God's sake, it was Ramsey. Of course it was. Somebody died. Jesus I did say Ramsey first, but I got confused. I got confused. Listen, I'm Irish. I'm allowed these sort of no, things. No, you're not. So no, you're not. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Unbelievable. Listen, listen, I've, been dri- I've been driving all day oh, with <laughs> my... 
my hand buzzing from you two <laughs> sitting at home or whatever and just messaging on the group and it, it, my <laughs> iWatch is getting worn no excuses no excuses mate that's a red card offence right so, there so after the game and after the celebrations I end up on the concourse and there's no point in trying to get to a tube because it's absolutely ridiculous I found there was a, a little kiosk there serving some beers and I stood there with some Hull City fans and we had a good chat around my brother-in-law who's a, a mad Arsenal fan and um, I said oh, we've won the cup like they started celebrating and having a great laugh uh, and then some Hull fans were there so I chat said oh unlucky lads and they were really 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 amenable so that, that was good um, Mike where are you going to be watching it? I will be watching at home I actually have training at the time of the match but I'm skipping training I don't normally I would just record the match and watch it back without checking my phone but I'm not going to be able to do that for a cup final so I'll be at home uh, I'll put Santi in his uh, arsenal gear um, hopefully it's 11.30am yep 11.30am for you yeah it? and hopefully we are able to make lots of noise so my wife gets mad <laughs> definitely have to definitely have to wind her up definitely um, lineups. What do you reckon on lineups? I think, uh, I mean, the fact that City doesn't have another match uh, until they play us again uh, the following weekend. I, I'm going to expect a full squad, uh, even uh, which makes me a bit nervous, uh, based off the fact that they're going to be full strength and their defeat yesterday. It. I guess it could play two ways. It could either play into, I guess the expectation going into it is we're expected to lose, right? Manchester City, first place in the Premier League. They're doing well. Um, they spent a lot of money. So the expectation is for us to come out defeated. Uh, so I think that takes a little bit of pressure off of us in a sense. Um, but having lost yesterday to Wigan, I think can play in two ways. Either it adds pressure to City because now everyone's saying, well, they can't win the quadruple. Um, you know, is it going to affect them mentally? Are the wheels going to be Yeah, so us? can they derail after that defeat? Or are they going to come out really pissed off and take their frustrations out on us? I hope it's the first option and not the second. Um, but I think, I think it'll be an interesting match. I think, like Manny said, I think it'll be very uh, uh, kind of feeling it out, seeing how we play. Uh, we know what to expect from them, their style. They don't change the way they play. Um, so in terms of lineups, we have to go full squad. And I would have thought, I know we've skipped over the second leg against uh, on thir- uh, Thursday night um, at the Emirates. I'm expecting kids out for that game. Um, with kids being out for that game, uh, yeah, I agree. It should be a full, full lineup. Who, who do you reckon... Uh, did, did, that's the word I was looking for. I was just trying to think, and I needed oh, something oh, to just stimulate oh the brain. <laughs> See, that was a, that's Fergus called a poetic was pause. To get that out. <laughs> yeah, he was. I thought we were going to have to send help. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I was actually. I don't know. I just got a brain freeze. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting a Bamiyang Mkhitaryan, a, a full lineup up up front. Obviously, uh, like a out um any any score predictions hold on hold on you're you're getting it wrong see again old age old age Mkhitaryan can't play in the final right he's played the league cup final already he's played in league cup sorry already so he can't play in final Ah, come on on, get your brain in gear mate um in terms of lineup um first of all when i'm looking at the um osterson's 
um, game, I think we should give a few of the first team as a run out um, just to, you know, get the match fitness going, you know, get them a little bit sharp. I'd say um, the majority of them 60 minutes, maybe. Um, in terms of the lineup on Sunday, it's it's going to be a full squad. It has to be. Um, I would love Xhaka to be dropped, but he's going to start. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course he's going to start. I think um, El Nenny's going to be the casualty in this one. Um, I think he's going to go with Xhaka and Jack in the middle and Ozil at number 10 with Mkhitaryan on the right, Welbeck on the left. And I thought you said Mkhitaryan can't play. Oh, come sorry. on, man. Eh? Nope. Well, so come up. on. I messed up. It's all that smoking and shit you do, isn't it? <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. You got me. You got, got me. that one back. You got me. All right, nicely, nicely done, nicely done. Um, no, oh, damn. I'm still going to go with Welbeck on, on the left. Um, I think he might go Iwobi on the right and Obama Yang up top would you not like to see uh, possibly um, uh, yeah it will be like I said it's injured yeah so it has to be a will be hasn't it we haven't got a choice yeah yes sad times but if we win the league cup on Sunday that means we have a European football in the bag albeit in the lesser um, in, in the lesser competition would you then sod the league and just go balls out to make, win, make sure you win the um, the Europa League because can you honestly see us hitting top four? No, I can't. I can't have to be honest. Um, I would, at that point, I would go all out for, um, for the Europa League. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, the United did it last season. You, you really have to weigh up. Um, Liverpool are looking strong. Um I'm, I'm not going to say Tottenham are looking strong you know I'm not going to cast either so yeah forget them um, but yeah oh yeah if we if we do win either way if we, do, if we don't win the League Cup if we do win the League Cup I say we go all out for the Europa League regardless because that's not that's the only way we're getting in the Champions League we, we're too inconsistent in the league so there you go and we're going to move on to our Arsenal uh, Gunnar debate um, and one of the things uh, that had came up recently is there was a slight bit of activity on um, the internet about uh, Hector Bellerin uh, being at the Oxford Union. Um, I've listened to the whole 45 minutes of it, uh, but it seems to be about two minutes uh, and another 30 second uh, slot. So it's probably three minutes in total um, of conversation that is uh, set the the internet alight. Um, Manny, I don't know if you've got an opinion on the, any of this. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, I've been waiting to talk about this one here. I've been waiting to do this. So we all know. Watch out, world. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to do this with Hudson as well. So let's let's see how I do. All right. So before I even, before I even go on, I want to ask both of you guys a question. Yes or no answer. All right. Yes or no answer. If you don't know anything about a certain situation, can you have an opinion on it? Yes or no? No. Yes. Mike, mute yourself. Mute yourself. We're going to come back. We're going to come back to you right? because that's, that's, that's ridiculous. But okay. So Bellerin is at the Oxford Union. I watched the whole interview, right? And he, intelligent. he came across very intelligent. And yeah, he did. He's got interests and he's got ethics. Yeah. yeah, he did. He came across really well. And then he went and messed up. Now it's not his fault. You know what? He could have answered it in a totally different way. I mean, when that person 
got up and asked the question, you can tell that Bella's a little bit thrown by it. But this is the issue I have with it now. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. Of course, everyone's entitled to an opinion. But for me, you need to educate yourself on the matter before you can have an opinion on it. So he was asked about Arsenal Fan TV. And the first thing he said is he doesn't watch it. Now, if you don't watch it, how can you formulate an opinion? And then he went on. But he didn't say he doesn't watch it. Yes, he did. He's watched it. No, no, no. No, he said, I don't watch. He doesn't go out of his way to watch it, but he has seen it pop up on his timeline and he's Uh had friends message Uh him that said, do you, have you seen what so-and-so said? So he doesn't go out of his way to watch it, but he has seen it. If he doesn't go out of his way to watch it, for me, that is not enough for you to formulate an opinion. Right. So if it pops up on his timeline, but he himself hasn't watched it and somebody else has told him about it, that's still not enough for you to formulate an opinion. Now, he went on. Right, He went on and said that the people who go on there profit from the club failing. Now, if I recall, he gets paid to play for the club. So you are profiting from the club failing as well. You get paid win, lose or draw. Right. But for me, my biggest gripe is. If you have not sat there and watched it yourself, you cannot formulate an opinion on it. It's that simple. And he did criticize fans and say, no, no, Arsenal fans, how can you say that? There are people that go on Arsenal fan TV that have been fans longer than he's been alive. Right. Even I took offense to it because I watched the thing. Right. So I consider myself to be, you know, part of the Arsenal fan TV family, if you want to, if you want to put it out there. So even I was offended by it. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I, I do think Arsenal fans TV is um, uh, emotive for fans. I think uh, it's very much a generational thing. Um, some of the old school so-called proper gooners, if they want to, if, if people want to be that way, um, are people who are in, in encompassing new medias like this, Facebook, Twitter, etc., etc. Um, my issue with Bellerin was not necessarily, uh, not necessarily um, him having an opinion, but I think on that issue, he should have probably swerved it a bit with all the media training he's got. He said, yeah, I've seen some of it. Uh, you know, it, yeah, I've seen it. I'd take it or leave it. Uh, you know, it's good for, for people to have their opinion. Everyone can have their opinion. For him to criticise it, say that they are living on the misfortunes of the club. And Robbie gave some facts out that uh, there's only 45 games off in the six years that um, Arsenal Fans TV has been running. There's only 45 games that we actually lost uh, while um, they were, they've been doing their, their their Vox Pops and so on and 200 and something games that they've won. So they're not actually profiting from the misfortune. They're profiting definitely from the uh, popularity of the club, the fact that it's in London, there's young people that follow follow it uh, and and uh, get involved. They've done really good, uh, some social media stuff. They do an awful lot of really other good stuff. But aside from the good stuff, which we all, well, not everybody knows, everybody just thinks is DT and Troops, you get me fam, doing stuff. You know, <laughs> Did I do that all right? Your ham roll. Bravo. Bravo. I actually thought you were true the way you said that. Oh, okay. Stop. Stop. Let me make this quick point and Mike can jump in with your opinion here. 
you know what? When he spoke about, you know, the negative side of it and when we lose, right? And I'm like, when we lose, the views go up because other fans come and they want to see us go crazy. Now, I can understand that. I can understand that, right? Because when Chelsea lost 4-1 to Watford, right? I went on because Chelsea have two fan channels. They have 100% Chelsea and they have one with um, that lady, Sophie. I don't know what her, I don't know what her channel's called. But I went on there because I wanted to see the fans' reactions because you just lost 4-1 to Watford. I want to see what you are ranting about, right? But the negative things, those are the ones that are going to get the retweets. Those are the ones that are going to get the most views because you've got fans from other, from you got other fans coming over and they're retweeting it and they're watching it because they want to see everyone go crazy. So for Bellerin to come out and say and only focus on the negative, it clearly shows that he does not know what Arsenal fan TV is about because it's not all about the negative side of it. It's not always about the rants. It's not always about people going on there and criticizing the manager and criticizing the players. There is a lot more to it. Things like the Gunagra, right? Which is, which for me, I didn't know what the Gunagra was until Arsenal fan TV highlighted it. And when they go to places like Australia, when they go to America and, and you know, they're doing all these winning the Dortmund thing, right? It's a lot more than just fans ranting. And if he spent some time to actually sit there and watch what Arsenal fan TV was about, maybe he would have formulated a different opinion instead of focusing on the negative because it's all negative. He does, he does, they do player reviews, they do previews, they do, they do, it does an awful exactly. lot more stuff. Um, there, was a, there was a question sent in by Steve Sanders on uh, Facebook. He says, uh, what's the effect of Arsenal fans TV on player morale? Do you think it's having... Uh, such an amplified voice of dissent among the support has played into the role of recruitment and retention of players or even player confidence uh, and in turn form. Thoughts? Before we answer the question, I want to share my thoughts on the whole situation. Um, I'm sure you guys, or I believe you both read the article that I posted on Sunday morning. Um, (laughs) So if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, we can post it on the comments uh, once we upload the podcast. But so going back to the whole, if you don't know something about, if you don't know enough about something, can you generate an opinion? And I, I think you can have an opinion. Does it mean it's credible? No. Um, And going back to what Bellerin said, and I have the quote in the article, he said, I don't think there are players who go on the internet so they're going to just watch Arsenal fan TV. It does sometimes pop up on the timeline, so I've seen it sometimes. Or I have friends who be like, oh, have you heard what that guy said on Arsenal fan TV? I'm better at that talk. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that's his exact quote. And... In terms of uh, his next one, which was, I think it's so wrong for someone that claims to be a fan and their success is fed off of failure. So how th- how can that be a fan? Now, I think this comment here was taken a little bit out of context. I think what he was referring to, and this is, again, my assumption and my opinion, I think he was more referring to the fact that when we lose – Arsenal fan TV is probably going to be more highlighted in the social media platforms than when we win. But for the, re- for the reasons that Manny said. 
Correct, but it doesn't translate into the fact that there's more views because there was evidence that there was on social media that there's some videos of when we lost that didn't generate as many views as some matches where we won. Uh, and the comparison was a Premier League match that we lost in comparison to the FA Cup final that we won, right? So obviously, there's a little bit of discrepancy there because we obviously won the FA Cup, so that's going to generate a lot more views regardless of the result. I, I but, expect if you look at the North of the Derby, uh, not the one at Wembley, the one at the Emirates earlier this year, uh, would probably have more, well, maybe maybe not because the old scummers, they like to look and have a laugh, don't they? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of that, I think it may have been taken a little bit out of context or I, I want to believe it was taken a little bit out of context. That's hopefully not necessarily what he was talking about. But back to the subject, um, I, I think just like he, just like the people on it, Arsenal Fan TV are entitled to their opinions and their thoughts, and we are as well. I think that he's entitled to do the same thing. Now, people on Arsenal Fan TV, there's some that are on there that are very knowledgeable. They know what they're saying. They they speak correctly. And there's others that go on there that they're just looking for their two minutes of fame. Um, and again, that's my opinion based on what I see. I don't I don't go out of my way to watch it. It pops up on my social media platforms and. Um, Depending on what mood I'm in, I'll watch it. Or depending on what the the, the subject or the caption of it is, um, I will I'll look over it. But just like, for example, we have discussed on previous podcasts, Fergus and I, um, prior to Manny joining us, we questioned Alexis Sanchez's commitment to the club. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. So as supporters, we we need to touch on him as well a little bit afterwards. So as supporters, we're entitled to question someone's commitment to the club because of the contract negotiations and we don't know what's going on in the background. So as a supporter, we are entitled to question that, right? And we're, we have the right to be able to share our thoughts on it. Now, Manny, last podcast or the previous one questioned Arsene Wenger's commitment to the club. He said, Arsene Wenger does not care about Arsenal football club. Correct. Damn right I, did. Uh, I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So there you're questioning Arsene Wenger's commitment. You're questioning his character in terms of what he feels and where he, or what he doesn't feel for the club. Now play or Fans on Arsenal Fan TV do the same thing. They question Bellerin. They've criticized him. We've done it. Um, and that's expected, right? That's the supporter's job, right? They're going to support. They're going to criticize. They're going to have their opinions. They're going to form their their judgments on things. And they're entitled to do that. But a player also has the right to be able to question things on his own. Now, he didn't call anyone out on it, right? He didn't say DT or Robbie or whoever the hell it may be. He just. I think he implied Robbie, but a lot of people are uh, saying it's DT. But again, it's just an assumption, right? Like he obviously didn't specify yes. someone, although I'm confident that he had someone in mind in the back of his mind, right? He had a name in his head that he may have been pointing the finger at, but he didn't say it, right? He could have been a complete douchebag and said, you know, this guy or that guy. He didn't, all right? He kept a general and said he shared his, his thoughts. And I personally don't see anything wrong with it. And and again, each one of us are entitled to our opinion and you might think differently than I do. And that's fine. No, exactly. But it, but it's not, Arsenal Fans TV is just a modern version of chatting at the pub. Um, it's it's I think, exactly what we're doing, right? We're sharing our opinion. Uh, yeah, 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 it's just another yeah, platform. 
Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think the the issue that some people have about it is the fact that it's on a public forum. Um, so, well, this is on a public forum. If anybody wants to, you know, I know there's a couple of um, Tottenham, there's a Villa fan listen to this. There's a few other football teams uh, fans listen that listen to this only because they they're interested in football or they know us or whatever various bits and pieces. But this is no different than a debate down the pub. But some people take umbrage onto the fact that they get a a, a Facebook message or a Twitter message going ha 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 look at Arsenal and it's troops doing something or DT saying something or you got I don't know some me probably drunk on Arsenal fans TV I have been on there once <laughs> was I mean like I, like I wrote in my article um, I have nothing against Robbie I actually of, of everyone that appears on Arsenal fan TV I'm a big fan of Robbie I think I, met he, him. I, 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 I was with him his, his father's birthday his father's birthday was he was 91 last last birthday uh, on his 90th birthday I stood beside uh, Robbie at Chelsea and we got smashed 3-1 by Chelsea and he, <laughs> he's a really good guy he knows his football as well and he also I, I had a brief talk because I said I'd done bits on Facebook and so on um, and I had a brief talk to him and it, it takes uh, by the time he's done the interviews, uh, packed away, edited, uploaded. It takes him six hours, he says, after this game. He says he wouldn't get that. That game was a, I think it was a, a, a two o'clock kickoff or something like that. And he said it took him up to, like, it'd be one o'clock in the morning before he was finished by the time he got home. Yeah, and I applaud him for the work he's doing. I mean, he's doing something that he has a passion for and that he cares about, right? Each one of us, and we can all agree on this, is we would love for what we're doing today to have the success that he's having with Arsenal Fan TV. And that goes without saying, right? Being able to wake up and do something related to Arsenal or, or even football in general uh, that pays well and allows you to really just do something that you're enjoying, it, it's not really a job, right? It's it's kind of like a hobby that you're getting paid for. So I commend him on what he's done. I commend him on where he's taken Arsenal Fan TV, and I can only wish him um, the best going forward. Uh, there's other characters that go on there that I'm not too fond of, um, but that's a discussion. Name, for name and shame. Come on. Who do who, 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 I, I personally don't like troops um and it has nothing to do with the way he speaks i just think that he's one of those guys that goes on there and just tries to stir the pot a little bit and just say a a bunch of nonsense at times and he's always rash in some of his comments and just the way he comes across Uh, dt i've seen interviews of his that he comes across very well he comes across knowledgeable and then there's other ones when he's not happy that i think he just goes on a rant and just says shit that maybe sometimes doesn't always make sense and contradicts some of the previous things that he said so uh, i think lee judges is is a a, a reasonable guy. I think a lot more often than not, I agree with most of the things that he says. So, I mean, there's there's pros and cons to it, right? But again, each one of us are entitled to our to our opinion. We all do it on various platforms, whether it's Facebook, whether it's uh, Twitter, whether it's podcasts, whether it's a blog, whether it's Arsenal Fan TV. But just like you're putting yourself out there on the internet for anyone to criticize, just like we're doing, right? There's people that can comment on our things and say, you guys suck, or I think this is wrong, or I think that's wrong. And that's fine because we're putting ourselves out there and we're opening ourselves up to that criticism arsenal fan tv is no different and they're opening themselves up to the criticism and and the players are open to that criticism as well and we're just criticizing as much as they can criticize us back correct manny what what did you you were going to say something manny yeah i was um 
So on Arsenal fan TV, like really quickly, because a lot of people are against it. A lot of people think it's an embarrassment to the club. And one of the things that I find irritating is people focus solely on certain characters, your DTs, your troops, um, your Moes, your lead judges or whatever. They keep on focusing on those people and they say, oh, you need to interview more people. And that is where I get the hump. He interviewed interviewed 15 or 20 people. That's where I get the hump because he doesn't always, yes, he interviews his main, you know, those main group of people. But in the main, if you watch Arsenal Fan TV after the majority of games, he interviews different people every week. Right. And my what I got irritated with Bellerin, because again, I maintain that unless you know about something, you can't have an opinion. He doesn't know enough about Arsenal Fan TV to have an opinion. And he highlighted only the negative. Right. I believe he knew exactly what he was doing. Right. And he only focused on the neck. He could have swerved it. He could have gone, you know what, I've heard about it, but I don't have an opinion on it. And he could have just left it at that. But he knew exactly what he was doing by saying that. Yes, you can have an opinion. Everyone is entitled to an opinion. But if you don't know about something, shut up. Don't say anything. And that's exactly what he should have done. And he came, up, he came across like an idiot, in my opinion. And as Steve asked, do you think it has an effect on player morale? Do you think uh, it amplifies the voice of dissent? That's almost a separate question to a certain degree, because that would be the DT banners out sort of thing. Um, Do you think it affects retention or even recruitment of players? And can it affect their form? Um, Can it affect um, recruitment and retention? No. Because I think wherever you're going to go, you're going to get criticised. Now, we're talking about Arsenal fan TV and does it amplify, you know, does it have an effect on players? If you follow it, right, if you follow it and if, you, if you're going to go and look for it, right, and if you're going to let it affect you, of course it's going to have an effect on you. Now, in the past, right, funnily enough, I was listening to a podcast um, and Saul Campbell was on there and they asked him same sort of question about you know do the players get affected by you know our fans criticisms are the Arsenal fans criticism far too much and what Saul Campbell said is in the past you would get it in the ground and you would get it in the newspapers as well right and you're more likely to read that so it is going to have an effect on you so it's 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 the same, but it's different. Just a different back medium. In the day, okay, exactly. Back in the day, it was on the papers, it was in the stands. Now you get it in the stands and you get it on the internet. And even back in the day, uh, I went on a stadium tour and, and uh, Nigel Winterburn used to say they used to walk down from the clock end and they used to uh, walk down the street with the fans to go into, uh, get into the marble halls and they'd get, oh, you had a good game, uh, Martin, uh, Nigel or Martin Keown and so on. They've, they've all said it, that they interacted with the fans. So it's, it's it's just a different a different way of interacting, Mike. You, what you got? You you've got an opinion on this? I don't. I mean, I don't think it affects uh, obviously the retention or, or recruiting players. I these guys are professionals, and there's always going to be that social media aspect and the supporters' opinions. And if they're allowing those types of things to affect them and their decision making, then they're clearly not mentally strong enough to be in this profession um, and they're probably likely not going to succeed. Uh, but just going back to what Manny had said in terms of the uh, the negative and Bellerin kind of twisting it, um, if you listen to the question, I'm not sure how he could have changed it into the positive because the question was basically, um, and I'm going to pull up the quote so I can make sure that I don't misread it. He, he, with, all, with all his media training though, he could have been more neutral and just glossed it over. That that was my point. 
But he, the question is, what do you make of Arsenal Fan TV, and do any players watch it, or are you told not to watch it? Given the media coverage of it recently, uh, it's obviously been probably more negative than positive with the whole Wenger out thing and the frustrations and – I mean, just the way and they talk sport. I know you listen to it over there, but yeah. talk sport took a 45 minute conversation and took two and a half minutes and had uh, more or less a whole weekend of sports coverage on the back of Hector Bellerin. Uh, and that doesn't help the situation and it doesn't help uh, social media sites like that. Yeah, I agree. But again, the media love to amplify things and especially when it comes to Arsenal, anything that they can grab hold of that's going to be negative. Um, they are going to grab it and run with it and make it as loud and popular as they can because it seems like Arsenal is the club that the media love to hate. So I'll I t- I tell you what, they, they, the one that they didn't blow out of proportion as much and they didn't cover as much because they probably won't. It's 13p per minute plus your um, – Jim White said it the other day for the first time in ages. 13p per minute to call into talk sport. They keep you on there for five, ten minutes before you get onto the air and then you speak to them for four or five minutes. They shout back at you and they cut you off. They're making fortunes, getting people texting in at 50p a text. It's all revenue generating. And the one question that didn't – the one area they could have concentrated on more was the fact that um, Bellerin uh, commented on uh, Alexis Sanchez when he asked about Alexis Sanchez was he disruptive in the in the dressing room and he said he may want to um, he may want to what was the phrase uh, Manny he said that his winning mentality became a little too much fucking kidding now this this is this is the way I interpreted it. Now, Sanchez, really, let's get this one out of the way first. Sanchez was petulant, irritable, selfish, somewhat arrogant, somewhat arrogant, but you cannot deny he wanted to win at all costs, right? And he demanded that same level of hunger from his teammates. And I believe they were afraid of that. Right, and they allowed Sanchez, right? Because if you if, if thinking back, right, if Sanchez was a player during the Invincibles era and he came into that dressing room with that same sort of attitude that he had when he was on the pitch, he would have been checked. If not by the manager, it would have been by either Sol Campbell, Jens Lehman, Patrick Vieira, Henri Burkamp, even Edu. Right, his attitude would have been checked and it would have been a different player out on that pitch. Now, Players and the manager allowed Sanchez to behave the way he did on the pitch and off the pitch because no one was there to step up and say something to him at that time. Now, when Bellerin came out and said those quotes, for me, it confirmed something that I already knew. Bellerin is just a byproduct, is just the byproduct of Arsene Wenger, nice and content with doing the bare minimum. And it shows in his performances he does the bare minimum because he knows that next week he's going to start and there's nobody else to challenge him. He's been our worst player, one of our worst players, since he signed his new deal for the last 18 months, right? And he is allowed to do that. Now, Sanchez came in and rattled their cages a little bit and none of them like that because there isn't, there isn't a player on that, in that squad for me that has that winning mentality, that has that hunger to win. Yes, he wasn't annoying little 
I said I wasn't going to cuss. <laughs> but yeah, but he wanted to win. Now, what happens when the next person who comes in and demands that same level of hunger from his teammates? What's going to happen? Are we going to take him with the same brush? Yeah, but there's. Are we going to say that he was trouble? Are we going to say that he was trouble? Are we are we going to say that he was that his winning mentality was too much? Again, I point to the Soul Campbell podcast, right? And they asked him. Why did he join Arsenal in 2001 and what, and what was the catalyst for him joining? And then he said the players, he already knew who was over there. And then when he came in, he said, even in training, these guys wanted to win. Whatever game that they were playing in training, they wanted to win. And that showed on the pitch. That transferred onto the pitch because those guys won. Now, if Sanchez's winning mentality was too much for those players, we are in trouble. Yeah, but I have, uh, I have, I, I agree with some of what you said, but in terms of a winning mentality and the teams of the Invincibles mm-hmm. and, and those guys, they had a winning mentality, but there's certain ways to go about it. Okay. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Alexis Sanchez may have been a winner and we could see that his, his desire to win and do good was obvious. Okay. But there was a lot of times on the pitch where he would essentially I'd lose the ball. Almost without saying anything, uh, in a sense, almost making gestures and all that stuff. I think to me, that's degrading to his teammates. Okay? I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And he was. And it demoralizes And I think well. it doesn't help. And we had this conversation via text uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he did that, along with just his personality, I think is what put the the rest of the team over the edge. Now, there was a confrontation reported um, between him and Jack Wilshere. And unfortunately, the thing that we run into is we can only go off of what we see on the pitch and what we hear in the media. We, we're not behind closed doors. We don't know the discussions that the team has behind closed doors. We don't know if there's any arguments behind closed doors because realistically, there's no media in those closed doors, right? There's no media in the dressing room. It's just a matter of something gets leaked. If something heard two words or some media heard two words and then they twist that and make a make a story out of it. So we're kind of locked up in terms of what we know, right? We're basically just going off of assumptions and what we see on the pitch and maybe what we see or what the reporters will see in training. So based off of what we saw, I think my assumption is that the players got frustrated with his personality and his antics on the pitch, which towards the end got worse and again was degrading demoralizing towards his teammates because if you're a team player right and you want to do that and you want to vent your frustrations and and show your commitment to win then you know applaud your teammates they mess up you know pick them up okay be a leader you want to win that's great it's about being part of a team it's a team sport teammate just because somebody made a bad pass or they lost the ball you don't humiliate them on the pitch right you're not perfect Okay, if you were perfect, you would have stayed at Barcelona, all right? You would have got purchased by Real Madrid. But like, what does a defender getting paid ten grand a week work as hard as a a striker getting paid one hundred and forty grand a week correct. because of part of a team? It, he he had a, an incredible rate at losing the ball, right? And that's because you can argue the fact that he tries to make those. He's trying to thread the needle with some of those passes, and I get it, right? He's he's an offensive player. He's trying to make the difference. He's going to be more prone to losing the ball. But 
when he loses the ball, his teammates didn't slag him off. Okay, they weren't making hand gestures and they weren't getting pissed off. They just picked up the slack and they got on with the game. Okay, if they want to have discussions after the fact, they have those in the dressing room behind closed doors when they can talk. Okay, you don't do that shit on the field. Okay, and publicly humiliate your 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 teammates, your manager. To me, that's not right, and the players got frustrated with it. And I think that's what Bellerin was trying to convey in what he said at the Oxford Union. I like that. I like that. Now, I agree with. I agree with what you say in terms of his behavior on the pitch. Now, this is where I get. This is where my grab comes is if Sanchez was checked for his attitude and his behavior by the manager and by the players themselves, would he still have acted the way he was acting on the pitch? He was allowed to act that way. I think it would have challenged his passion, anger more on they football. Uh, Tony exactly. Adams. Uh, they should have challenged. But we don't know. No, but, we don't know. Hold on. Now, when you, I'm going to go back to when I was a five. Right? I'm going to go back to when I was five. Just a quick background story. And you, 37 years ago? Yeah, uh, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if when you're a child, oh my God. Fergus, oh. <laughs> I'm going to throw you the next time I see you, I swear, mate. <laughs> um, but anyway, the point, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is when you're a kid, if you keep on doing bad things and you keep on misbehaving and your parents don't check you, you're going to keep on doing it. Now, the story I'm about to tell, I was about five, right? I was still in Paris at the time. My mom loves plants, loves plants to death, right? Even to this day. Right? You do too, don't you? Say what? You like plants? No, I don't. Not really. Okay. okay. Not really. Not really, but my mom loves them, you know, and we sometimes we get them for, a, for like gifts, you know, Mother's Day and things like that. She loves them. Now, me being the knuckleheaded five-year-old that I was, I was playing around with the plants and I clipped one of the leaves, right? When my mom noticed, she gave me the beating of a lifetime. I'm 27 now and I still remember every lick I received on my backside, and even till this very day, I do not touch her plants unless she goes, can you water them for me? Can you clip them for me? Can you do this? I don't go there, right? Because that beating is still etched in my memory. Now, let's... Did you... Did- did your mum have those sort of slippers that they could go, like Eddie Murphy talked about? My mum had those t- slippers. She could chuck them up a staircase to go around a corner and still oh hit you on the back God. of the head. You know what? She had like red slippers, right? Red pattern slippers, right? And underneath it was leather and it kind of had ridges on it. That And it was bendy as well. That's, I wish my brother was here. That slipper, boy, lit up my backside, Right, and that's still etched in my memory, and I'm 27 <laughs> years old. Right now, let's apply it to. See, see Mike, this is how, this is how you discipline Santa. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. That's that's how that's how I was disciplined growing up. So I can relate <laughs> to know? all of this. Trust so, me. Now let's, yeah. now let's apply it to the Sanchez situation. If he was checked for his attitude and his behavior from the get-go, he wouldn't have repeatedly done this. For me, my, I lost my rag with Sanchez away at Swansea. I thought, you know, we won the game. Why the hell are you soaking and putting a coat over your head and the team's winning? Why are you behaving that way? And we kept on seeing that sort of attitude from Sanchez. Clearly, right, from what we can see, nobody checked that man for his behavior and he kept on doing it and he was allowed to do it. I haven't touched my mom's plants in all those years unless she tells me to do it. 
But just because right. you just because so, you get checked doesn't mean you're going to change your ways. I mean, how many? You have. To. You don't have to. I mean, there's, you have to. You're in a team. No, you're in a team. I, this is you're in a team listen, here. I was told to stop smoking and I didn't stop. There I was like twenty there odd. Just because you not smoke it for God's but sake. Doesn't matter. Just because you get checked. No, just because you get checked that, no. on something doesn't mean that you're going to change. I mean, we know that Jack Wilshire had a discussion with him, right? That we know for sure. We do. It, mm-hmm. and, and Rambo. Rambo did it change anything of of what he did no so if two guys that we know of checked him two guys that have been at the club for a while checked him and it didn't change anything we don't know if anything else happened behind closed doors we don't know if Arsene we don't know if Arsene but that's what I'm saying we don't know right there's nothing that came out that said of the whole squad only Jack Wilshire and Aaron Ramsey checked him Right there, what the, what came out was there was a discussion. There was a you know a heated discussion between I know Jack Wilshire for sure. Rambo had a discussion, but we don't know what else. Right, that that information could just not have got out. I can't imagine that Jack Wilshire or Aaron Ramsey would have had a discussion with Alexis Sanchez in front of the squad, and no one else would have jumped in, such as Per Mertesacker, such as Arsene Wenger. Some of those guys that have been there for a while, Mustafi has international experience. He's been around the block for a while. I, I'm not convinced that no one else would have jumped in. I just think we only know of those two. And again, of those two, he didn't change his ways. Of those, I don't, see, I don't believe that. I do not believe that for one second. I think this team is weak. Right? I think they've got a weak mentality. I think they're all nicey-nicey. I think there is an environment that Wenger has created where where you cannot express yourself. Because if Pat Rice was reprimanded for shouting at the players, what makes you think right, that these players were allowed to have that sort of confrontation with Alexis? Because if, if, if he can do it to Pat Rice in front of the players and tell him, don't shout at my players, then those guys have no chance because this is re- he kept on doing it, and I can go further and point to Liam Gass's behavior as well when he was captain, right? And he kept on being a petulant child as well. So it is not it, this thing has previous. We it is there's an environment at Arsenal where you've got the nice, nice. But the, as, 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 with, with Gallas, as much as he, he's get pilloried and everything else, and I think that the way he demonstrated and done that was really really poor. But m- maybe. He was as frustrated as Sanchez is now with the general, like, yoga, zen sort of atmosphere Maybe. rather than, come on, guys, we're going to out and fucking kill, Maybe, kill these people. We're going to fucking win this game. That's the point I'm making. Now, if you've got all these nasty players and, and you cannot confront each other when there's an issue and you can't sit down and have a conversation and you can't, again, you can't do this and you can't do that right then what then these then this sort of behavior was repeatedly allowed to happen to the point where it got so bad right that somebody had to say something to the point where this the, the, the atmosphere in the dressing room was so bad that somebody had to step up and go hey you know i mean hey here we go. do you recommend a catalyst for change oh we need a catalyst for a lot of things mate Mike, go on. A final comment on the on this subject, and then we're going to move on to uh, our next uh, topic on the debate. Final note: There is if um, if there's an environment where players can't express themselves, be that in any way, shape, or form, then why was Alexis allowed to express himself the way he did on the pitch for so long? He allowed him. 
Right. Wenger could not control right. that. If Wenger's, if Wenger Wenger's totally against that, some- right, be that managers or players, why was Alexis allowed to do it for so long? Does that not just show a weakness in in, in Wenger? Sanchez was a completely different animal. His attitude, why is his, different? Win- his winner mentality and his attitude and his persona was completely different to the majority of guys that he signs. Now, what is the... Like, you look at the card. But you think, go, go you think Arsene Wenger... In Arsene Wenger's career at Arsenal, do you think Arsene Wenger never had to deal with of a bigger course. ego than than Alexis Sanchez? Do you think he didn't have to deal with a personality that's more of headstrong course. than Alexis Sanchez? So if he was able to manage it then, what is different? Why wasn't you're he able to manage about, it now? We're talking about a completely different. You're t- talking about a completely different Arsene Wenger here, right? Arsene Wenger that was dealing with the Vieiras and that was dealing with the Tony Adams and the Henrys is different to the Arsene Wenger that we have now. He is not the same person. He's 68. He's under more pressure now. I, I, I know we we think he's not, but he, even his own self-pressure, he's, he's under more pressure in, in, in the sense of, you know, you've got the Cronkies. Josh Cronkie will come on to in a second, but um, Josh Cronkie's in there. you got Gazidis trying to uh, push in his authority. You've now got uh, Mislin... He's not Midland Toff, he's Midland Tat, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) But you would think that if he's got more pressure, he would be more prone to not deal with that. The club all on his own shoulders. Uh, I know Manny doesn't think he necessarily loves the club as much as we think he does. I think think that um, Kroenke is the perfect sort of manager for Wenger because, you know, he's not going to ask him to do too much. And uh, Wenger is the perfect employee because Wenger's not going to rock the boat. He's not going to knock on your door and go crazy. It leads us perfectly into Josh. Josh is plotting up and he's uh, rented a flat in London for three months. Um, and he's uh, here to understand uh, the the makings and how the club, basically all the stuff that Wenger does besides what he should be doing on the pitch. So like the management and, and, and stuff like that. Um, he's uh, also going on and talking about esports. To be honest, yeah, okay, if we end up being number one on FIFA, woohoo, I really don't give a fuck. I want to be number one in, in Europe, number one in, 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 the, in England. Mike? Yeah, I can only hope this is a, a positive thing. I mean, I think him actually showing that he, I think this is him actually showing that they're going to invest some time into actually understanding it, opposed to just doing fuck all and hanging out in the United States, collecting money from all their other investments. Uh, so. How's he do with the, the two, because he's chairman of two of the four teams in America, isn't he? Is it the Colorado, Colorado Rapids and yeah. the ice hockey team? Yeah, so the Avalanche, um, aren't very good they i mean they haven't they're not one of the you know the better teams in the nhl over the last 10 or 15 years uh, they they've been decent this year they might actually be able to slip into the playoffs but um not by any means you know one of the top four five six teams in the nhl over the last 10 15 years and for the colorado rapids uh very similar i mean they've in the last 10 years they've probably been one of the worst maybe five, six of those years. So we'll see what they come out with uh, when the season begins here, which is in about a month and a half. But they have their other franchises, right? And they're collecting money. So the, um, I can only hope that this is a positive move and he's coming over and trying to really understand, you know, the differences between the sport 
in the UK and in Europe opposed to the sport in the United States where it's, you know, comparing apples with, you know, broccoli, completely different. So if anything, my, my perspective on it is um, I'm encouraged by the fact that he's actually spending some time there and getting, getting a better understanding of it. And hopefully it kind of drives us to some changes, which I think we've discussed before. And I think we're all hoping for. Yeah, I agree. Anything that moves us into the next chapter of Arsenal FC, uh, the better. And that's not disrespectful to the manager. That's just like the facts of the matter that we need to have. It is time that we evolve to the next stage, Manny. Um, I'm I'm hoping that it's you know it's, it's a positive move. I'm hoping that he's actually coming to understand what the club is and actually taking an active interest. I mean, if he's just going to come in and and you know do what his what his dad does, then you might as well just go back to the US. I want to be positive about this. I, I really do. I want to be positive about it. I want to genuinely think that he's coming in and he and he wants to understand it and he wants to build some sort of rapport with you know with the club and the fans. Maybe you know I want to be positive about it. I'm not too sure what esports is. Maybe you can you guys can educate me on it. We're a long way off the structure of a club like. Uh- but there was a rumour again about um, Juventus manager coming into Arsenal um, and uh, the the guys who were talking about it were saying, well, the structure's not in place yet. Yes, we've got a director of football relations, director of football in disguise. We've got a head of recruitment. We've got uh, Gazidis, uh, now Josh Kroenke interfering and are not interfering, but getting involved. He's obviously got to be here till the end of the season. Maybe his parting... Uh, maybe he's looking at negotiating um, what I've always felt that there's a, a break in the contract that he uh, Wenger can walk away. We cannot enter into another year of, you know, are you going to sign Wenger? Are you going to sign? He will either leave this year or he will sign for another two years on top of this and do his... Uh, <laughs> anyway, listen... Um, let's move on to modernising football. And one of the things I've done with modernising football, we've got goal line technology, um, which in the main doesn't interfere with the game very much. And um, uh, it has worked well using the Hawkeye stuff. Um, we have VAR, which has been used in the FA Cup. Um, and we've got people with crayons drawing over the screen. What did you make of that one with, uh, I know it's not Arsenal related, but it's still football related. <laughs> the intro like, of Mata. That was Go terrible. on, Mike. I remember I, we talked about it briefly and there was um, a company on uh Twitter, uh, Hawkeye Innovations, the official Twitter account for Hawkeye Innovations. I don't know if they're the guys that deal with the VAR systems, but... I believe, I believe they are. They're, they're definitely the ones that deal with um, the goal line technology. Yeah, so I'm assuming they deal with VAR or VAR because they put a tweet out two days ago that said technical issue led to an incorrect graphic being provided by Hawkeye to BT Sport Football last night. To confirm, the VAR saw the correct image with the correct lines to make the decision. This was a case of the wrong image being provided to the broadcaster, and we apologize. So the two images that they put side by side, and I can we can put it in the comments when we post the podcast, but... The one on the left is the one that Santi looks like he drew uh, with the lines all over the place. Uh, looks like I think he did absolutely that. terrible. 
<laughs> and then the one on the right-hand side, which they say was the one seen by VAR, which is the similar to the one that you shared in the group chat we had the other day. If you look at the lines, they're not straight either. There's it's the spacing between the line and the edge of the 18. Is that not perspective from like looking from an angle? No, but the lines always have to be the same. The, the field isn't isn't twisted or it's not inclined, right? right? Your, your lines are always going to be the same. There was a curve in the pitch. There's a camber. Yeah. It's like saying, you know, the the 18-yard box, the lines are going to shift if you're looking at it from a different perspective, right? Like it's the lines aren't going to change across the pitch. So I tweeted them and I said, well, what do you explain? How do you explain the fact that the lines on the one that was seen by VAR are also not straight. No one responded to it, but I find it very interesting at the fact that they got it completely wrong. And whoever the hell drew the lines on the one that was actually shown on TV should be sacked just for the Maddie, fact that they can't did, draw a did, goddamn straight line. Did you draw those lines? No. At the first, the first I actually saw those lines was when um, he posted it in the group, and I was like, "What the hell is this? What, what is this?" Manny drew the. Manny drew the lines while he was changing the battery to his fire alarm. Will you give it a rest? Give it a rest. <laughs> All right. He was multitasking. Give it a rest. Multitask. Yes, I can multitask. I'm not like you, Fergus. Okay. I can multitask. No, you can't. No, you can't. Sit. No, no. Rob, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I doing right now? Whatever. Um, <laughs> How many screens am I working? How many? Look, you can't even hear my silent mouse anymore when I'm clicking through. And, and then, then to, yeah. me, yeah, then to me, you're not doing Carry anything. Or you could just be sitting there and then, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Drinking yeah, a beer. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> um, VAR, you know what? If, if they're going to introduce this in the Premier League next season, because first of all, VAR is necessary, I believe, because if we, we need to eradicate these stupid human errors that the officials make. However, if you're going to have it in the Premier League, for God's sake, some would sit down and iron out how you're going to use this, iron out the rules, iron out how it's going to work because it is yeah. just way too jointed at the minute. I think the Chelsea, the, the Man United... Um, decision i think they were at the, the video for quite some time and it was a too much break in play I, they, they need to sit down and figure this out before implementing the premier league what 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 improvements need to be made because like herbie gooner asked us on twitter um uh, uh at guns and ribbons um he asked us like what improvements may, need to be made in var like you talk about the time is taken i've also seen recently in a game where the VAR actually said into the ref's ear and changed the ref's decision. I can't remember which game it was, but it was one over the weekend with the FA Cup. Um, I, personally, myself, I think um, VAR should only be put in play when the referee calls it, unless it's definitely like a mistaken identity with the, who was it? Um, Oxley chamberlain and Kieran Gibbs, was it? That, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, see, remember that one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but that—that's when the guy near Heathrow should pipe up in the in the ref's ear. It, it, the ref needs to control it. There needs to be um, a uh, a maximum time of say a minute, maybe ninety seconds uh, tops. I think if they're showing the decisions, they need to show correct footage i think it needs to be shown i think we touched on this before it needs to be shown in the ground on the big screens 
I, I, I think VAR is a positive uh, to the game. People talk about taking away from uh, like the spontaneity of the game, but I, I think the goal line technology everybody moaned about, but in the main, it doesn't, it doesn't interfere. Um, VAR will interfere with the game more um, with. Uh, things like uh, was it Mo Salah the other day and Deli Ali? Mm. They're talking about the the dive in the box with Deli Ali. There was some contact, but he made such a, a huge thing about it mm-hmm. because he wanted to make sure the VAR ref sees it. In my opinion, uh, Mo Salah did the same, and referees have been talking. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, pundits have been talking about that could be an implication of VAR. Thoughts, guys? That's, I agree with with. Actually, I agree with the majority of what you said. I just, I just think that right now the lines are so blurred. Right, I think it's still so confusing. I don't, I don't even think the refs really know how to use this thing yet, and there's still so many errors that are coming from it. Yes, it's it's a positive, right? Because we've been calling for it. Because decisions like the Mike Dean decision against West Brom, we need to eradicate those. Right, we do. But at the same time, if you're going to have VAR implemented, set out the rules, let everybody know what the rules are, make them clear, and then there's no, there's not going to be any confusion, you know, make them click and, and, and we can move forward. But as long as it's still blurred, as long as it's still all over the place, decisions like the, the, the matter decision and the, the most seller and things that they're going to keep on happening. Is, is the World Cup? Is the World Cup uh, a good? I know it's um, no, 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 no. Do not do that. Only because Portugal are in it and Ireland no, aren't. It has nothing to do with it. It's just they, <laughs> I don't think they've they've tested it enough and they've proven that it's going to work correctly. I mean, just going. It's I in mean, Russia, which can be corrupt yeah, as hell. Seriously, then those VAR guys might go missing. <laughs> um, I think that just the fact that in the Premier League, and I know it's being used in Portugal um, for every league match. Uh, I'm not sure about the other leagues. I, I don't know if it's Spain, being... Spain actually haven't even got goal line, goal line technology. They're not getting it until next year, and they're getting VAR at the same time. Well, Portugal doesn't have goal line technology either, just because apart from the top three teams, I don't think any other club in Portugal would be able to afford, afford the cost yeah. of it. So uh, VAR has had its pros and cons in Portugal. Uh, there's been some calls that should have been called that VAR didn't think should have been called and vice versa. So there's always going to be mistakes, which is unfortunate because the whole point of the VAR system is to eliminate those mistakes. And I think one one good example was this weekend with Juan Mata. Um, I personally didn't think he was offsides. Uh, and if he was, it was his, you know, the hair on the on his kneecap. They were level. They were level. Yeah. So uh, there's always going to be those discussions. And, and I think that, like Manny said, they need to define um, – you know, what it's going to be used for, how it's going to be used. Um, the whole VAR can't decide and then they pass it back to the match official to go look at a screen, I think is wrong. I think they shouldn't do that. If VAR can't decide, then the decision Agreed. on the field stands. Um, and uh, I think they need to, in the event of the Juan Mata situation, for example, the advantage should be given to the attacking player, which has always been something that has been put out there since I can remember. I know that in terms of offsides, it was, you know, if there's a doubt, give it to the offensive player. So I think there's a lot that needs to be tested still. I think these referees need to really be put through the ringer in terms of using it, how to use it, decision-making, etc., and putting it in place at the World Cup without 
some of the big leagues in Europe well, I think having been exposed maybe to it, the World I think Cup would be a huge show mistake. Its failings, they can sort it out in the short period they've got uh, between the start of the the next seasons, and uh, like lots of these rules, they evolve. Look, the offside rule has changed how many times there had to be daylight active players not active players um, it, it frustrates the life out of, out of fans um, we'll see right I think we don't that, that's probably our longest debate yet don't you think yeah it might be our best one too <laughs> yeah that was a good one <laughs> oh, we're, we're a bit a bit more heated <laughs> well not, not not heated but you know what I'm yeah. saying we, we've Fine. definitely had an interesting yes indeed yes Yes, and it's better to have more of that than just like going, well, he kicked the ball bad. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree, I agree. Okay. Listen, what has been working well for us is the five-word game. Um, we could should switch it around this time. Uh, Mike, you can call them, but um, I have my five words ready. I've actually got five words for this week, and I've got five words for the next one, and I don't know whether to mix them up. I had some help um, from – I went around and saw my, my brother. Uh, you met Rory, haven't you, Manny? No, I haven't. Okay, my brother, he's the, the mank one that lives uh, round by um, by Highbury itself, the old Highbury Stadium. And I popped around to see him because my mum was up there at the weekend, so I popped in. And um, uh, he and his wife gave me a couple of ideas. Uh, his wife didn't get the concept, but um, she kept on going, oh, it's red. And I got, no, that doesn't work. But um, yeah, <laughs> should we go? Has he moved yet, by the way? Has he moved, has moved. House is is phenomenal. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Needs work, but phenomenal. Yeah, Jesus. Mm. Moving swiftly on. (laughs) He's good. He's got a a nice bit of garden at the back and barbecues, and uh, he's got a spare room. So if, well, he had a spare room in the other place, but there's enough spare rooms in there so that um, uh, we can go for barbecues and beers. And he's just by the Bank of Friendship, which is a great pub. Next time you come over, uh, Mike, Bank of Friendship, you've got to try. Traditional old Arsenal pub, Irish pub. Uh, It's... It's low ceilings. It's dark. It's wood. Um, it does. It, it's it's lovely. It's really good. Um, we should oh, do it as well, man. Hell you, yeah! You that sounds right up my street. I like that. Yeah. It's not, it's not all that crap. Is Rory, is Rory uh, allowed in he it? He is, but he's not quite allowed able to reach up to the bar because he's short ass. <laughs> Rory, Rory's fine. <laughs> Rory's quite good. Rory's been in the North Bank with me a few times. He's even been in there for Arsenal Man United with me together. Um, he plays the game. He plays the game right in the sense he knows he's in the wrong place and he can't jump up and down. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. He's not um, like me in the sense that he's uh, uh, vocal and so. Well, you've you've met Rory. He's only three foot three foot four. He's, is he taller than Ashaven? Uh, is he taller than Ashaven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like I'm tall, anyways. But <laughs> well, we've got a title for our uh, podcast: Is he taller than Ashaven? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'll make sure I'll share it with them as well. Right, which way around are we going this time, Mike? So I, so Manny said the words to me last time. Mm-hmm. So, and then Fergus, who did you read off to last? Manny. Was it, you read off to Manny. So you read off to me. I'll read off to Manny. Manny reads off to Fergus. Okay, I'm going to move, I'm going to move one round only because I, I, did you visit the old hybrid? I did, yeah. Okay. No, I'll leave them in the order that I'm doing then. So, Mike, here I go. Highbury Square. 
Uh, gave me the chills being there. Um, just thinking back of that was the first time I'd been there, and I wish I had been able to visit the area before we moved to the Emirates, but unfortunately I wasn't able to. But just going in that area, walking around and thinking about all the history that happened there and all the celebrations and all the frustrations um, was definitely something that I will never forget. Ooh, oh, Ray Parla. Ooh, oh, Ray Parla. For <laughs> sake, I had him on here as well. Oh, <laughs> oh man, Ray Parler. I mean, club legend, but the one thing that stood out to me when I first uh, started following Arsenal was his hair. (laughs) His nan's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It was out of control. (laughs) Yeah, we we all called it nan's hair. Like, you know, the way your nan's hair goes all ratty, a little bit sticky. So, oh, my God. Funny, funny story, actually. My, my, My wife's nan, um, she died a, f- a few years ago, um, a good few years ago. But uh, when we lived near Highbury, um, we had the funeral from our house. It was just easier. And, and the funeral came to our house and everyone came back. And there was loads of different people that came there. And there was this guy who had semi-receding hair, uh, was ginger and everything else, big chin and everything else. And I looked at his chat to him and said, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm into the arsenal. I said, I, said, oh, I knew Lil. Lily was was my... my uh, 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 mother-in-law's mum's name and um, he came along and said oh yeah I'm, I'm Ray Parler's cousin oh blimey so he was Ray Parler's cousin was wow. in my house <laughs> not even then have you read his book Ray Parler's book no Paul Merson's book unfortunately actually I really enjoyed it uh, but <laughs> yeah I have a someone that works with me he's from Australia but he's an Arsenal supporter and he he said he read the book he was actually going to bring it in so I can have a have a read of it but he he actually said it was terrible so I'm interested to see if uh, I have the same opinion I, I struggle to read at the best of times so it's got to be really engaging I, 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 my attention span just disappears really quickly so it, it's got to be engaging you'd never have guessed that would you yeah right no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Manny, fuck off. Um, okay, next question. Favorite player of all time? Arsenal or just in general? No, it's Arsenal. This is Arsenal related. Oh, all right, all right. It has to have a direct. Then it, it, it has to have a direct link to Arsenal. So, for example, we talked about Harry Kane because he was in Arsenal. Our player who's played. Yes, I'll yes. say Harry it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck Harry. Thierry. Favorite player, hands down, Thierry Henry. Mm-hmm. Easy one. <laughs> Fitness regime stroke injury record. <laughs> oh Jesus, we we would have a whole podcast on this. God, uh, I guess at the beginning of his tenure, it was great, and the last. 10 to 15 years it's been a nightmare i mean between muscle injuries and uh all the issues i mean diaby i can i say diaby as my answer because that just explains it all diaby is unfortunate yes diaby will do <laughs> diaby will do right jesus right. is that your no, five no, or is there one more five well, five is a big all one right. oh boy yeah, Manny, I'm nervous. Right. strap yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest underachiever Ooh, as an Arsenal player. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. Boy. How long have you got? Ooh. Wow. Biggest. You've got to keep it short. Oh, man. This, 
This is a tough mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Biggest underachiever mm-hmm. as an Arsenal player. Oh, man. So are you referring to someone who had came in with big expectations and left with nothing? Interpret as you want. Jesus Christ. Underachiever at Arsenal. God. I'm going to go with the first one that comes to mind for me and I if I spent 5 minutes to think about it I think I could come up with a few other ones but the first one that comes to mind to me would have to be our Shabin. Yes, that's the one I thought of. You could do Reyes. I think when we I think when we signed him there was a lot of hype from the I believe it was right after the Euro and when he played for Russia he was Outstanding, and for some reason he just wasn't able to no, be consistent at Arsenal, which was unfortunate. You know, <laughs> you know what? On that basis, exactly on that basis, those last two are going to be topics for gossip, and maybe in the summer. You know, when we got nothing uh, like no football to talk about, there yeah. they are topics that we need to come yep. back to. Okay. Well, that was fun. <laughs> All, right, All right, so I'll go to me. Manny now. All right, like Emmanuel Petit. Ooh, my namesake. <laughs> um, man, see when I think when I think Petit, I think World Cup final '98. That's the first thing that comes to mind. When when the Brazilian national team got food poisoning, they didn't have lasagna, did they? <laughs> no, when we stuffed them three nil. No, I don't know, but that was the rumor that they got food poisoning the no. night before the match. Listen. I don't care what they had. That was the greatest cheaters. football you guys are day cheaters. of my life. Cheaters. All right. <laughs> that was the greatest football day of my life. Zidane's my hero. How but was Petit, the reason you know what the, the reason why the reason why I like I think World Cup final is because I was watching it with my older brother and my mum. Right. And my mum does not watch football. But when Petit went through, she was standing up on the seat screaming her head off this is before he's even put the ball in the net and then when he did we all went crazy and that's a word so, that's a one word answer is it then no but yeah <laughs> whatever okay just a side note did you go crazy on Jew, on July 10th when Portugal beat France well when you were lucky <laughs> listen bitches alright carrying on Ireland nearly beat Spain in nearly. Seoul yeah, Korea. Nearly. No, yeah. no one no one was talking about that Vergas <laughs> yeah you did um, next one Michael Thomas oh, 89 89 89 yeah. that was the first thing yeah. that came to mind too but I have a I have a tainted image of Michael Thomas because he ended up later in his career, he ended up at Benfica and he was dreadful when he was there. He was so bad, so bad. And to think he was an Arsenal legend. (laughs) He probably had the shit kicked out of him over the years because he went round. By the time he got Benfica, that would have been like a nobody league, wouldn't it? He was terrible. He literally would just keep playing. He reminded me of the Nielsen. He would just keep passing the ball back. The Portuguese people hated him. They absolutely hated him. It was so frustrating. We do want people to listen to this, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Next one. Pat ah, Rice. Ah, good old Pat Rice. Jordan Irish. Ah, don't interrupt, Fergus. <laughs> Jeez. I'm on the... 
good legend. I loved Pat Rice. Yeah, I was a fan of his. Yeah. Uh, here's another. Dude, what about Thick Acres and his shorts? In the oh snow? my god, I was just thinking about that. That guy is out of control. That was great. That's what I was in on. Oh my god. I saw the image. I was like, what is this guy doing? Clearly, temperature doesn't bother him. <laughs> nope. That was great. Uh, next one, we got ourselves another Frenchie. Mikel Silvestre. Oh, garbage. <laughs> garbage. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't know why we signed him. And 750 grand wasn't garbage, bad, but garbage. Mm, And last, mm-hmm. Thomas Rosicki. Oh, Super Tom. Oh, I loved him. I loved that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. I love that guy. All right. You to Fergus. Strap yourself in, Fergus. Are you ready? I'm always ready. <laughs> I was a boy scout, right. remember? Oh, okay. But, uh, First we won't one. talk about those things. Let's <laughs> leave that alone. That's for another time. Yeah. Um, Giovanni Van Broncos. Uh, Barcelona's gain. Mm, agreed. Nigel Winterburn. I have a selfie with him. Oh, you got to show me that later on. I'll post it. It was on, on awesome. the Legends Tour. you got to do the Legends Tour. Honestly, best 45 quid in your life. Do the Legends Tour. I'll do it with you. Okay. I was meant to do it with Mike when he came over, but um, circumstance. All right. Now, this one comes out of left field a little bit. Lady Bracewell Smith. I don't really know. Pompous cow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on swiftly. Chelsea 6, Arsenal 0. Don't remember that as well as I remember Canu coming back. You know what? You know what I always remember that game. It was on my bloody birthday, man. Awful, awful. I just, I just the, the, the best Chelsea. Well, there's a few Chelsea victories I remember, but the, my favourite Chelsea victory I remember is the Canu one. Uh, we beat the Chelsea with only Canu. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chimney, Yaru. We beat the Chelsea with only Canu. Okay, Next. last one. Mike, you can probably relate to this one. Awful, awful signing. Amari Bischoff. You said it all, haven't you? Oh, I was going to put him on my list. <laughs> Go on, Mike. You can answer for me because you probably know him more because he's Portuguese, wasn't he? Or didn't he play Benfica? No. Well, he's he has Portuguese ties. He was French. I think he played for the French national team. Um, I, did, I he, did he play? Did he ever get to the first? Hey, you no. know all the no, Imato. Did he ever play for the first time? No. He played for the youth teams on both countries. I think he played maybe U18s for France and I think U21s for Portugal. But I think if he made more than one appearance for Portugal, I think that was being generous. But uh, garbage. <laughs> so, hands up on that one, Manny. I can't really answer that one. So you got one over me on me. On me. I'm sure I'll get one back. Awesome. Listen, what we have to make sure is, look, listen, we're getting questions in from people. Um, We are on Facebook. We're on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, 
but just enter into the comments on any of our posts some of the questions we normally ask for questions a couple of days beforehand uh, we're on twitter at guns and yellow ribbon uh, sorry guns and ribbons on twitter uh, or you can email us on info uh, at guns and yellow ribbons.com we'd love you to rate us on soundcloud just click a little heart and make a comment um or if you're on itunes um you know, give us a rate and a review on iTunes. Uh, lads, it's been great. We, we've surpassed ourselves. Um, we're about, <laughs> we're a little bit longer than we normally would be, um, but it's been good. Do you want to say lighters to everyone? Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will catch you on the other side. Oh, yeah, tune in. This is a great podcast. <laughs> See you, guys. Been great. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, well, myself, Fergus from Arsenal Fans TV. Manny, oh, not, yes. not from Arsenal Fans TV. Oh, yes. Manny, yes. From Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> Fuck this. Shit. What do you think of Tottenham? Shit. <laughs> and who's going to win? A, who's going to win the cup final? Arsenal.